the Carolina Hurricanes were able to bounce back in a big way last night and get the win in game five against the Boston Bruins. And now you look ahead to tomorrow to game six and how the Hurricanes can finish out the series and move on to the second round. We'll talk all about that and more in today's episode of Locked On Hurricanes with Carolina Hurricanes team reporter Walt Ruff. Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of day or of the evening, rather, because Locked On Hurricanes is prime time tonight. And as always, I'd like to ask you to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. Myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. Rate the show five stars on whatever streaming platform you were listening on and subscribe on YouTube. And as I mentioned, the Carolina Hurricanes won game five. They're looking to close out the series in game six tomorrow. And I'm not the only one talking about that in today's episode. I'm joined by Carolina Hurricanes team reporter Walt Ruff. He rejoins the show in today's episode, and we will dive real quick, folks. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you about the sponsors of today's episodes. First, we have Rock Auto. Folks, it's hot. Spring is here. Summer is right around the corner, and Rock Auto is here to help you get your car running the way you need to again these north carolina springs and summers they are brutal it's hot and ac doesn't work god help you (laughs) but rock auto is of course a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years so why spend up to 30 50 or even 100 percent more chain stores at car dealerships to get your air conditioning fixed or whatever you need on your car to get fixed rock auto is here to help you because their prices are reliably low for every customer they're going to have everything you need whether it's brake parts tail lamps motor oil new carpet again those all important air conditioning parts this summer they are here to get you ready to roll for the summer and right now you can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and don't forget to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, about us box so they know that we sent you? And again, once you get your car fixed, you're going off to a lake or the beach or wherever and you're going to want a snack. Built Bar is here to be that snack for you in this spring and summer. Again, Built Bar, you got all about these guys. They are absolutely delicious. And Built Bar is coming out with new flavors all the time they are having their built bar birthday cake puffs 
and I cannot wait to try these. Mine are in the mail, and they will be here before I know it, and they can be here before you know it as well. Built Bars are, of course, covered in 100% real chocolate, whether it's those birthday cake puffs that are just now coming out, whether it's one of their classic favorites, doesn't matter. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, and Built Bars are, of course, low-calorie, low carb, high protein, and high fiber. And with so many flavors, there are going to be something for everyone. So right now you can go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order when you use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, as I mentioned, we are joined by Walt Ruff in today's episode of Locked on Hurricanes. We go over game five. We talk about game Game six, we talked playoff experiences so far this season, as well as some of the upcoming PNC Arena renovations. I hope you guys enjoy this because I sure as heck did. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you are listening to and watching Locked on Hurricanes on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today I am joined once again by Carolina Hurricanes team reporter, Walt Ruff. How are you doing today, Walt? I'm good, Jared. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And I know we were talking before you, uh, before I hit the record button, you just got done with your two mile run. So <laughs> man's out here running two miles and then uh, doing a podcast interview. So look at him go. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'd like to do more than two normally, but I wanted to squeak something in before dinner and then still do this too. So best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I went on a about a mile and a half this morning with my dog. Uh, and I only did that much because, uh, or that little, because me and him, we're or just mean, he's not allowed in the movie theater. I uh, <laughs> went to go see the new Doctor Strange movie this morning at noon. So, so I feel you. You got to yeah. get a little something in. A little bit of everything. Yes, exactly. Now, obviously, you are up in Boston right now because the Carolina Hurricanes are taking on the Boston Bruins tomorrow. But stepping back to last night, the Carolina Hurricanes were able to take a 3-2 series lead. In my opinion, gain some much-needed momentum because it feels like in games three and four, whatever they had in games one and two was tossed out the door and did not look like the same team. You know, emotions were getting the best of them. And again, like I said, just not the same team. I know a lot of people on social media, they're comparing it to almost like, 2019 2020 those playoff series against the Bruins but last night they were able to flip the switch and play their game what do you think was uh what's the word I'm looking for what do you think really clicked for them last night that wasn't in those first two games other than the home crowd well I think it was two things I think it was discipline I think it was matchups. Um, looking at Sunday's game four, you know, the players and coaches have said it. When you take nine penalties, you're not giving yourself a good chance to win. Obviously, they only took three last night. So that was a massive step forward. They got the added bonus of Boston taking two penalties while they were on the power plays on two separate occasions. So Boston wasn't helping themselves out. Um, and then on the matchup perspective, just getting Jordan Stahl against that top line of Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. Um, you know, it's one of those like game within the game type of things that you really have to be dialed in to realize, you know, 
it just goes to show how valuable Jordan Stahl is. It's one of those things when you hear people say, oh, it's not always about the points. It's not always about the goals and assists. Last night's game is the definition of that for Jordan Stahl, just being able to lock down that perfection line for Boston. Um, 16 combined points in games three and four. And then last night they come back to Raleigh and get completely held off the score sheet. You know, it's not as much as some people might like to think it's, you know, oh, the stars aligning or so-and-so having an off game. That's just Jordan Stahl, Nino Niederreiter, and Jesper Faust working wonders. That's what that is. Yeah, that third line has been amazing all season long. And it's, yeah, there's no words for just how good that line has been and really taking everyone by surprise. Yeah. You're expecting, oh, your top two lines, those are going to be the ones grabbing all the headlines. But no, it's your third line with your captain and just going out there and having an absolute amazing season. Now, I've said all year long that this team is at their best when guys up and down the lineup are chipping in. And you mentioned that with Jordan Stahl, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, it's not necessarily showing up on the score sheet, but it's the entire play of the team. And that's what they were doing last night. They were doing exactly what they needed to do. And one thing that has surprised me is just how good Auntie Ranta has been this playoffs. We all knew you know, he's a good goaltender, and that was never in doubt. But to just show up the way he has this playoffs and just be so dialed in and looking like a top goalie in the playoffs right now, what do you think is clicking for him right now? Is it just confidence or just that groove that he's getting in? What's going on there? He's big on rhythm. When you're asking him about, you know, what's leading to his success, it's, you know, he even, we asked him after last night's game, was it the early save on Marshan where Marshan was all alone in front, blown coverage, and then he comes up with a big save. But he actually took it back a step further and said, no, I had a good morning skate. I got into the rhythm, and then he just carried that momentum going. So it's always interesting to hear a goalie say those sorts of things because, you think about it chronologically, and a morning skate's at about 10, 15, 10, 30 a.m., but if you're able to carry that momentum to, you know, what's that about, eight, ten hours later till puck drop, and you can feel like you're still in a groove, you know, more power to him, and he's been excellent. I think it's just such a blessing, especially after what happened in the last week of the regular season when, you know, the game on Long Island, he leave, he goes down hurt and then leaves the game and then gets run over in game two. And for him to come back the way that he has for game one of the playoffs and then game four, you can't put game four on him. Again, he faced 27 shots, Mm -hmm. 14 were at even strength, 13 were on the man advantage. So for him to get a complete 60-minute performance last night and respond in that fashion, he's been excellent for the team. Yeah, and that's putting it lightly as well. I think he's been one of the storylines throughout the playoffs that's just taking people by surprise again no one thought yeah he was a bad goaltender or anything like that it's just how good he has been and it's great to see and another one that I feel has caught folks by surprise of just how good he has been this playoff is Seth Jarvis he is having an insane playoff so far he well, he ended up having, I believe, between the end of the regular season and games one and two, I think it was an eight-game point streak. Yeah, either eight yeah or nine. you're correct. 
and you know to carry that success from the end of the regular season into the playoffs and not look like a 20 year old kid and like a seasoned vet do you think part of the reason of his success this playoff is the same thing with Piotr he doesn't necessarily know the pressure that's on him you know like a guy like Jordan Stahl who's won a Stanley Cup Sebastian Ajo and you know all these other guys that have been around for a long time do you think he just it's part of that rookie inexperience or what do you think's uh going in there see I think it's actually a little bit different for Seth and Piotr I think for Piotr coming over he doesn't know any better because you know he just got here he's just Mm -hmm. getting into North American pro hockey and this is his first couple of games in the NHL so I could see him you know fitting into the criteria of not knowing any better but for Seth I mean he grew up watching NHL play Mm -hmm. you know he this is what he's dreamed about his whole life so I think what's the biggest X factor in his success is going to the dirty areas of the ice and going to the front of the net. It's the same thing that made him successful during the regular season. Mm -hmm. Now we hear everybody say the regular season and the playoffs are so different, but not much has changed for Seth Jarvis. Um, You know, without singling anybody out, I think if you look at Boston's roster and a couple of guys who they've had on their team over the last couple games, I think some of them have struggled to keep up with, and they're not necessarily rookies, but You know, some guys on Boston have looked like this is early stages in their careers of playoffs. But for Mm -hmm. Seth, not so much. He's just doing what he did during the regular season, and he's experiencing the same success, which is really great to see. Yeah, it it is great to see. I know uh, Sarah Avampada from our Locked On LA Kings uh, show, and she also covers the Wolves for uh, Kane's Country. She loves Seth Jarvis, and I'll constantly send her stuff, you know, if he had a great game here, all oh, this interview and all that stuff. She loves seeing his success. I remember going into the eye the other day and the t-shirts on the rack, you know, there were like two left of his and everyone else was fully stocked. So the kid is having himself a season for sure. And postseason as well. And, you know, speaking of now regular season awards are starting to come out, obviously Freddie and auntie, they won the Jennings trophy, but we got the Vesna nominees uh, yesterday, I believe. Freddie Anderson was not on that list. And nothing against the other guys. Of course, they all had great seasons. But what do you think led to Freddie being left off there? Was it kind of the end of the regular season? Probably, honestly. Um, the you know What people remember most from the game in Colorado is the injury, but Colorado did score seven against them mm-hmm. that night. Um, it's it's not to overshadow. He had an incredible season, right? Yep. Nobody in their wildest dreams could have imagined when Freddie Anderson signed, I believe it was on July 28th, that, you know, if you told anybody that's the numbers he'd finish the regular season with, 10 out of 10 people would take him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, awards, they're great and all, but, you know, some of the teams, like, for example, and not meant to slight or disrespect, but UC Soros was fantastic for Nashville all season long. He was the reason Nashville got into the playoffs. But, mm-hmm. unfortunately, UC Soros' season is done. You know, he's he doesn't have a chance to lift the Stanley Cup this year now, of course. Yep. By no means am I insinuating that 
Freddie Anderson's about to, you know, show up for tomorrow's game six or somewhere in the next series. We don't know when he's coming back, but his team to, his team still has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. So I think if you ask those guys at the end of the day, that's what matters more to them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Obviously, Stanley Cup is what matters most. It's just, you know, that what have you done for me lately kind of mindset that I feel that kind of yeah. hurt him. Because, again, you look at the entire season – yeah, everyone would say, yeah, he's going to be a Vesna finalist. And then, you know, that little slip at the end of the season, I think that's probably what, you know, did that there. Maybe. And, and not to overlook either, you know, we talked about Soros. He was the mm-hmm. reason Nashville got yep. into the playoffs. You look at the other two candidates. I mean, I believe it was Markstrom and Shesterkin. Yes. Um, you know, Markstrom had, what, eight or nine shutouts this year? So, nine. you know, Calgary's a very good team and a very mm-hmm. well-coached team. But if he doesn't have nine shutouts, are they sitting as well in playoff positioning without him? Yeah. Um, and then with the Rangers, how good are they without Igor Shesterkin playing as well as he did during the regular season? We're seeing that in this series. Their season could be coming to a close tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think part of it, too, is Freddie was on a really good team. Some yeah. of those other guys made their teams really good teams you know yeah i i definitely could i definitely agree there especially yeah i i understand on all of that because that's definitely you look at those teams and like that guy right there exactly and so now moving uh away from freddie you obviously answer the question we don't know when he's going to be back Mm -hmm. and again hurricanes are incapable hands right now you know with auntie ronta and piotr they're fine I don't think that's really a worry for anyone. It's just, when's he going to be back? You know, I think that's really just the question. No one's worried like, oh my God, we got to have him back, you know? Of course, totally. And I think that's a very fair question. I think as long as everybody's, you know, wondering it with that connotation, like I included in my piece today, you know, everybody's so excited to hear about Freddie being back because he was so good. But like Mm -hmm. you said, they're in very capable hands. Don't forget that. Yeah. Exactly. It's not a thing of we need him here. It's, you know, we just want to see him play again. I I think that's really just the main thing with everyone. And obviously you said we're not going to be seeing him tomorrow in game six, but looking ahead to game six, I think the Hurricanes, they're going to be playing a very desperate Bruins team. They got them on the ropes and one thing I said, you know, heading into games three and four is that then the Bruins, they're down to nothing. I don't think anyone thought we were going to sweep, but you know, you're down to nothing. You're going into the opponent's house and they're trying to get momentum back. And they were playing desperate, in my opinion, especially in that game three to get that win back and to get some momentum going on their end. And now they're fighting for their season. What do the Hurricanes need to do, in your opinion, to halt that momentum from Boston? Well, it's like we talked about in question one. I think matchups do matter. You know, mm-hmm. as much as Rod Brindamore and maybe some of the players are saying, you know, oh, matchups don't matter a whole lot. We believe in everybody. The proof is kind of in the pudding in terms of who matches up well against who. And it's been pretty evident, or at least was evident in games three and four, that Bruce Cassidy and the Bruins wanted – Patrice Bergeron's line against Sebastian Ajo's line because when you're going up against 
Svechnikov, Aho, and Jarvis, you know, that's a tough task for 20-year-old Seth Jarvis to be defending one of either Brad Marchand or David Pasternak on the wing, right? And that's not a knock on him by any mm-hmm. means. You know, everybody who's in the know about hockey knows that all three of those guys are elite players. They are all-stars. They are award winners. Um, so that's what it's going to boil down to for me tomorrow is, you know, matchups are something to keep an eye on. Discipline, obviously, right? If the Kings take nine penalties again, forget it. We'll see a Saturday in Raleigh. Um, the same two things that made them successful in game five are going to have to be the same things that make them successful in game six. Now, what that means for the stall line is they're obviously going to have a different matchup, but don't forget the stall line scored in five on five during Sunday's game four. You know, they got that goal 30 seconds into the second period. So they're very capable of producing offense. They are not only a defensive shutdown line, um, who they'll be up against obviously remains to be seen, but it's going to be discipline and matchups for tomorrow's game six that really matter. Yeah, I, I totally agree there. Discipline for sure is definitely going to be big matchups. And for me, another thing, the power play. Mm-hmm. I really want to see that power play show up because in, I mean, I if I remember correctly in game one, we didn't see power play goal. It didn't look bad, but those all important power play goals can make or break a game. And then, yeah, we saw it in game two, three and four, in my opinion, it was non-existent right. and especially game four. Uh, but, you know, game five, we saw it bounce back. I want to see that momentum keep going because we got to have a good power play unit, not only to finish off this series, but just going forward into the next round and after that and after that, going back to last year, Tampa Bay in round two. Their special teams was on fire, and that was one of the devastating blows in that series. So I really want to see that power play show up tomorrow and just do what we know that they are capable of. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. They're, they're capable of it, right? We've mm-hmm. seen flashes of it throughout the course of the entire season. I think last night's a really great example, too, because you got two goals – and each one each in the fashion of the way that makes the cane successful. You get on the D'Angelo goal in the first period, you have quick, decisive puck movement and a shot from the point through traffic. We know that the Carolina Hurricanes offense runs through the point. They're looking for tips, deflections, redirections, or last night you get a shot like you get from Tony and it finds its way all the way through. The second one, Jarvis's, you know, clean up the scraps in front there. It's all about net front presence, you know, wreaking havoc around the net, looking for rebounds. Both units can do each thing very well. So capable is a great word. Exactly. And even if they're not, you know, putting a puck in the back of the net, just seeing good power plays out there. And, you know, like, all right, you know, maybe we didn't score in this two minutes or whatever, but, you know, we went out there and we were able to create a lot of pressure, get the pucks on the net and, create again create pressure i think that's going to be big for the hurricanes in this game rattle whoever's in net for boston rattle them early and keep your foot on the gas and not let go totally exactly and you know part of keeping that foot on the gas and not letting go is the difference there in games three and four was they found their way to the box in the back half of the games if they can just stay at five max domi gave a really strong quote today he said we stay at five on five nobody can beat us so that's all it boils down to Mm-hmm. I agree. And now stepping away from as from folks that cover hockey, as a fan, 
How has been, how has your first postseason been in Raleigh? It's been great, man. It's been so awesome. Um, a couple of the guys, I think it was Ronta and Jarvis after game one's win, they both said something like, you know, everybody talks about PNC arena, you know, oh, it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy environment. The people are awesome. But like, you know, it's like that shiny toy that everybody drums up. You don't know until you have it, right? Like, you really don't know. Like, is it really going to be that loud? Or is it just kind of like a, I don't know, like a culty environment? You know, everybody, like, is in this together type thing. But it's been excellent, man. It's been really, really dang loud. It's been a lot of fun. Um, just the little things, you know, like the loud ovations when you're when the team kills off a penalty when a goalie makes a big save, everything that, you know, and those things are there during the regular season, but now it's, you know, to the 10th degree during the postseason. So it's been great. Everybody's been a lot of fun. Um, my only regret yet is that I haven't gotten to go walk around to the tailgates. I <laughs> definitely need to do that. I've been saying it since opening night and then something always comes up and I'm busy, but um, it's really cool. It's really fun to, you know, pull up to the rink at like four-ish and, you know, the grass is all covered with people hanging out and stuff. And it's like, man, it's a Monday or a Wednesday, you know, shouldn't y'all mm-hmm. be at work, but everybody's so passionate about the team. It's uh, it's awesome. It makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. It, playoffs. It's an amazing environment. I haven't been able to go to a game this season or this postseason yet. Cause I've been stuck at work, but I went with my dad and my girlfriend last year uh, to a few games and absolutely insane environment. And my dad, you know, he told me, you know, how he went to the first playoff series against Boston back in 99. And, you know, the environment there compared to, well, last season, ridiculous. And just how passionate folks are about the team. And, like, I blew out my voice in that game against Nashville where Jordan Stahl scored that uh, double OT winner. I blew it out and I could not talk for like two days. It was, it was great. Uh, it sucked obviously for recording a podcast, but it was, it was really fun. And just like you said, the environment there, folks showing up, you know, you get there at four. I know folks, I'll be there at like 10 in the morning. Yeah. It's insane. And it's a great environment there for someone to just go enjoy a game. Even if you're not a fan of the Hurricanes or the Bruins or whoever they're going to play, I think it's a must stop for any hockey fan on a postseason road trip. I totally agree. And I, I, selfishly, I have to, I want to give a quick shout out to some of the folks from the game operations department of the Canes because there's little things, right? Like, you know, some venues will do a t shirt giveaway like game one, or some teams will do a rally towel giveaway for game one. Like, you see there, the rally towels are on the seats every game. Um, so I want to give a crowd to those folks because it's, you know, they don't just appear and we're, you know, they don't outsource this stuff. There's a lot of people who show up, you know, the day before a game at 9 a.m. on top of working their jobs. They got to go out there and set towels on eight sections of seats. So, um, you know, this it's, it's a two-way street, right? The reciprocation of mm-hmm. You know, the team sees that, you know, everybody enjoys the rally towels being on the seats for that environment when everybody walks in. So the team continues to do every game. It's a it's a really interesting dynamic and relationship that from my previous stops in hockey, I haven't seen like 
the fan base and the team working together on things is really cool. And definitely, like you said, much to the same extent that PNC is a must-stop for any hockey fan. I hope that every hockey fan gets to see and understand the relationship between the team and the fan base here in Raleigh, because I think that's really special too. Yes. And actually you mentioned PNC arena. I wasn't originally going to ask you this, but you just, you know, uh, reminded me about it. The renovations that have gotten fast tracked with PNC arena, they're obviously in the works and whatnot. And then the pandemic happened, but then Gary Bettman comes to town for game one and it feels like those really got fast tracked and now they're moving forward. I know it's going to cost a lot more than it was originally planned, you know, for these renovations, but what, obviously I know it's still very, very early, but what can fans expect? Or do you even know what fans can expect whenever these start or whenever it's done? I do. I have a, I I do have some knowledge on the situation and, I have to try and toe the line to be careful without, you know, giving away too much information. But what I can say is it's a lot to be excited about, frankly. Um, and you, like you had said, you had the the friends and family members who were at the series back in 99. And look at how the sport has grown in Raleigh since then. And people who, you know, have gotten on board within the last couple of years, the, the team, you know, the Brindamore and Waddell era, if you will, 2018 till, yeah. And we're in the midst of that right now. This, mm-hmm. this thing is still going upward. Um, but it makes me really excited to see both for the people who have been here for a while and for the people who are just getting on board now to see what this whole thing's going to look like in, you know, not even 10 years, like three to five years. There's going to be a whole lot going on around PNC Arena that, you know, if you think it's great now, wait till you see everything that's going to get, you know, knock on wood approved and, you know, like you said, moved forward with because it's going to make the experience of coming to a game in Raleigh that much better. Like when you get to the rink, it's great, right? There's people tailgating and there's the arena, um, once you're in the arena, it's an amazing time. Everybody knows about that environment. But look, you know, look around before, you know, it's not just, or I should say, it won't be just the arena there. That's what I mean. Like, you know, if you're coming, you're coming for a game. You can tailgate. That's great. But I think there's room for improvement in what can, what else can pop up around if you catch my drift that's 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 where i'll throw the line (laughs) yeah i i get that and i've i've seen folks make that same comment uh about you know the area surrounding and i think you know this is it's not only going to be good for the hurricanes it would be good for wolfpack fans whenever they go to a basketball game whether they go to a football game or you know nc state events there and then just concerts and just all this other stuff that happens in that area i think it'll be great uh and it'll be good for the city as well totally but i know i'm obviously very excited for that having grown up going to that building when it was still rbc center uh i'll probably show you this later but i have a cup from the inaugural season when it was still raleigh entertainment and sports arena wow i think you know i found it at a uh thrift store in my hometown and it was like a dollar it was crazy and again you had to see this building getting taken care of getting much needed facelifts and and all that stuff 
it's great. It's not just a building that's just sitting there like so many do across the world. Right. And, and, and it lines up perfectly, right. With the trajectory of the team, you know, teams getting better. Let's, let's take everything else with it. Let's make the environment, let's make the experience, let's make it all better. Exactly. Totally agree there, but Thank you for coming on the show once again, Walt. We love having you here. I know the listeners and now the YouTube watchers love uh, hearing you talk about the team with us. Cool. Thank you so much for having me on, Jared. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure and uh, looking forward to see how the rest of the series plays out. Me too. Hopefully we'll be seeing uh, another Hurricanes win tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Yep.